people don't need to know exactly how obnoxious I am just yet. I think they I, do. I wanna I wanna ease them in. I think they know? need to know now. Kolioki was never that, that good. Stop it! Shut up! It was never good. Oh my gosh, you stop your big lying mouth right now. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What up, mi gente? It's Vero Fuerte. Yo, the Pacar Americano, aka Mexican Nazi. And we're here to help you navigate the world as two Hispanics, Latinos, Latinx, brown people. What are we again? Well, that's what we're here to discover on the In the Spanish podcast. Each week, you'll listen in on two millennial minorities chop it up on what it means to navigate both cultures on and off the internet. Along with the latest in music, movies, and more. Here, here on, on the, the In Living, Living Spanglish, Spanglish podcast. podcast. Yellow, what up? What's up? Hola, mi gente. It is Vero Fuerte coming at you with another episode of In Living Spanglish. And right here with me, of course, is the world's leading expert on Umar Johnson and apparently maternal femininity. It is Ricardo Mexicano. Say what's up. I know nothing about maternal fe- femininity. Just uh, That's not what you told me like 20 minutes ago. I was, okay. just stating, I was just stating a pretty well-known biological fact. Okay, well, I don't think that you as a man should be telling me what a biological fact as a woman is, but yes, okay, we have to get, we have to get through your intro, so we can't argue before you even introduce yourself. Why, why can so. I not state a biological fact? Because because what your definition of biological is 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 I'm not making stuff ludicrous. up. I'm not making stuff up. And why don't we at least say what you what was your biological fact, Ricardo Mexicano? That instinctually the female species is more uh capable of maternal nurturing you know of, a, of an offspring that's it what is that supposed to mean that the female species is naturally inclined to be nurturing towards their offspring to their child to their spawn <laughs> Uh, before I respond to that please go ahead please go ahead and introduce yourself Ricardo Mexicano, Ricardo Mexicano. And that's why I say biologically, and that's why I say I say instinctually, because I'm not trying to like um, stereotype women and saying that they have to fall into a maternal. I think I think you're thinking of the the, the social like parameters of like being uh, motherly, and I'm, I'm not talking about society. We're at like all. two minutes in, we're already going way deep I'm, in with I'm this. I'm thinking <laughs> of a I'm thinking of a primal, like a lion. A primal need to take care of one's young. Yes, of a lioness taking care of her baby cubs. Like that, that, that level is mm, what I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't know. And that how she, off the bat, without anybody ever telling her, she knows that this is what needs to Look, be done. the only reason that this subject was even brought up in the first place is because you're watching your weird ass Umar Johnson videos. Some guy on your YouTube live stream said something along the lines of women are naturally better inclined to be better maternal. Nurturers. What was it? Nurturers yeah. than men. Which I don't even necessarily think is always true because in my experience, the men that I've been with would make way better fathers than I would a mother. Like, I can just tell you that straight out. So that's not true across the board. Well, I'm saying in society has pretty much overwhelmingly seen that the mother is the one that will usually stick around for the for the upbringing of a of a child. <sighs> I didn't got it all. This is I what I do. It. Like it is so easy to get uh, Veronica mad people. Like it's like the easiest thing in the world. I'm not mad, Ricardo. <laughs> no, okay, no, no. dogs are mad. I'm no, not mad. No, she's not mad. I'm kidding. But it's very easy to uh, to 
to rile rile up. Yes, yes. I guess. Very, very I easy. guess. No, I actually am very calm right now because I'm playing with like my water wiggle thing that I bought at Target today. You know how I've been telling you lately that I'm trying to embrace my inner child. I think that we as adults have really lost our sense of play. That we really don't take the time out to like just like let loose and play anymore. So. I've taken it upon myself to like comprise a list of toys, uh, get your mind out of the gutter, kids, that I want to buy myself, right? Right? Yeah. Please make this very clear that you are talking about childlike uh, emblems to- of yes. a lighter and more free spirited time, yes, okay? Yes. We're not talking about the, Yo, uh, weirdos and you groseros. We're not talking about what your what your mom currently has in her in her underwear. Okay, drawer. let's not talk about no, my no, mother, no. okay? Not your mom. I'm talking no. about in general moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General moms, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no, but water wiggle is on the list. Light up yo yo is on the list. What else did I want? I wanted uh I need to get I need to get some rollerblades. Like I'm gonna get some rollerblades. A beanbag chair. No, didn't you want to get a trampoline? But like, that's I do a want big... a little small trampoline. That exactly. Like... What I'm saying is that come over to the dark side, you got it though. Like, we have to start buying, just play things, and just you know, embracing you know, like the remembrance of a lighter time before we were like encumbered by adulting and all of that bullshit. So, stuff like that hasn't gone away from me. I'm still a big kid and inside an adult body. Well, Look yeah. At that. Look at that. Do you see all the anime figures I have inside my closet? I know you've seen them. No, I don't look inside your closet. You don't see like the, I'll, I'll show you after this, like the stack of like anime figures I have in my closet, the uh, the the plushies I have in my bed. Mm-hmm. Like stuff doesn't end for me. That's true. That's true. That's very. very I've been true. on the dark side. I can't get out. Uh, but I'm very excited for my yo-yos. I'm very excited for my Rubik's cube and my rollerblade. So let's bring it on. We do want to go ahead and we want to wish a happy happy birthday to the icon pop rock Latina artist Gloria Trevi. This week is her birthday along with Vicente Fernandez. Yes, a lot of icons this week. We also have Victoria Justice, or as you better know her, what was her name in Victorious? Uh, Tori. Tori? Okay, okay. Tori Vega. Tori Vega, right, from Victorious. Well, actually, I'm really excited about today in general. Uh, today is actually really for lots of reasons, one of which we are finally, and I never thought that I'd have to say this living in Texas, we are finally free of all of the snow. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy-ass week. I've been basically, we've both been more or less trapped inside the house for the past five days yeah, because but, of the snowstorm. Yeah. What was the name? Didn't they have a name? Didn't you say that it had a uh, Yuri. So it had like a name like Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. So apparently winter storms. And I guess I'm pretty sure it's always existed. But since normally we're not the region to get snowstorms, I think this is like the first time that I've ever been aware that they have names. So, yeah, this one was called uh, Snowstorm, Winter Storm, Yuri. And it was a monumentous and very significant week. And, you know, in the great state of Texas, it was something that I think most people didn't think it could get this bad because we, we've had snow before you know contrary to popular belief like you know, once te- every eight years or so we well, have snow that sticks stick. so yeah the majority of us aren't used to snow and if we are you know it's very little if none at all you know and it's that also very brief and it melts like within a couple of hours if not the very next day you know it never sticks to the ground for very long yeah and this was something that i had never seen before and you know prior to that you know, the week prior to this was the whole, uh, the terrible accidents that were happening on the highway. Remember? One of the, the cars piling up. That, that's, in that Fort Worth, Texas, yeah. And then we had all this, and, you know, people were, you know, stuck in their homes. And it wasn't just the weather outside that made uh, conditions very dangerous and undrivable. 
but also people were out were without power. And, you know, in the teens, you know, in like 18, 16 degree weather, 12 degree weather. And some people didn't have uh, water either. No water, no power, and uh, like freezing temperatures. It was really, really bad. Yeah, and like people, you know, you had like those 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 people who live in like other countries who are used to snow, you know, making their, their smart Alec remarks saying that, you know, oh, y'all can't deal with it, you know. Coloradians, that's, that's nothing. Ohioans. People from Utah, like, you know, people from from these states that don't matter just talking about <laughs> just talking about yeah 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 if you see them on the map and you try to label them like it's just a big question mark down the middle because you yeah. can't tell one from the other but yeah. you know the shape of texas baby yeah i know i know the states because i'm a mm-hmm. geography nerd so i know where y'all at so i'm pulling I don't up know so i'm where, pulling i don't up. know who no. any of y'all are <laughs> i don't know who any of y'all are but i know the shape of texas and i know the shape of california that's all I, oh in florida that's all i need uh you own like 75 percent of america i know right like, <laughs> but, that's pretty uh, much it like I just, I just, you know, it just gets annoying after a while seeing stuff like that because I'm like, y'all don't know how the infrastructure is set up here. Y'all have, you, y'all have had hundreds and hundreds of years of snow, so y'all are well equipped within, like, within, like, the way the houses are built, the way the the roads are made, the uh, having the necessary equipment like snow plow, uh, plowers, salt trucks. You know, what you need to make. Not only that, but, like, you just have city regulations. Like, there's a certain order about things in towns and in states that regularly get snow. Like, businesses know what to do in case of a snow day. You know, they're prepared. A lot of small businesses, especially right here in, like, the the northeast Texas area with Dallas and Fort Worth and all of them, they really, really suffered. And they took a big hit because that was many days that they basically had to close down. Like, there was nothing around us that was open. Exactly. And it put COVID on top of that. Mm-hmm. So you had the COVID thing plus that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was insanity. Like, people could not catch a break. It was, it was like it was like one terrible thing after another. And I know what it's like to live in, like, a place where it constantly snows. I've been in places like that. And the, the conditions are still livable, mm-hmm. you know, because people know what to do. You know, they have... It's all about preparedness, you know? Yeah, about being prepared, which, you know, and this is like, and, and this is no fault of like any citizen, individual person. No, this is ultimately the state's fault and not being, having that hindsight and having that awareness to know that things were going to get bad, you know? Yeah, like, I, I'm just saying that I like, I refuse to believe with all the technology that we had, that we have going on today. I mean, they knew that something abnormal was coming. They had time to prepare, at least to some extent. And yet, like, energy companies and, like, and just regulation in the, within the cities and within the states, like, they didn't cover us the way that they were supposed to, you know? And, like, that's a real big shame about it. Especially when our strong and supposed to have been beloved leader, Mr. Ted Cruz, vamooses out of Texas when things are probably the worst. Exposing... Well, not really exposing because, I mean, Ted Cruz has always been a coward in my eyes, mm. but just really showing the the lack of decency a lot of people have. I don't think Ted Cruz is like the worst human in the world. You know, I don't think anybody's like the worst human in the world. He displayed a very extreme lack of compassion. And, you know, because it's such, it's such a, a simple thing. Even if you're if you're not able to do, you know, everything you can to, to fix things, you know, in a timely manner. Just being there and showing that you at least care means a lot. You know, just kind of having that 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 presence, that notion that somebody who represents you cares at the very least. But so to have like this this great departure with your family and go somewhere else while you know millions of, of citizens the people that you're supposed to be representing are suffering and who are voted for you power. more than likely. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just a big it was a big black eye on him. 
on you know the energy sector of its of the state and just of people who just kind of just need to wake up sometimes a little bit more and just let the ball drop but let's go ahead and actually celebrate someone who actually did us right somebody who's not even from here aoc who actually as of couple of minutes ago finished raising four million dollars along with uh, the houston food bank to help out texans and she's not even from here so like yeah. what are you doing ted like i don't get it yeah and not only that but you know we definitely got to shout out the the people the citizens the local businesses people mm-hmm. from here who were you know giving out free food you know, opening up their doors to like there were keep, so many food drives, keep there people so, warm. Mm-hmm. You know, there were so many people that were helping out. You know, their fellow neighbor on that side. I was I was very proud because you know people really really did did their thing to like really help out the person in need. I'm serious, even like the common folk. Like I saw so many uh, Facebook posts of people saying, "Hey, like if anyone's out there without power, just DM me. You know, you can come and stay at my." Which I mean, yeah, like has a potential liability, but you know, like you want to extend goodwill and. Like yeah, this, exactly. So, yeah, so, so. but like people, people without food, people mm-hmm. without water, like these are just people basic. Power, yeah. These are, these are basic needs that you that humans require on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and and you know, like I said, I'm extremely proud of like the stuff I saw going around social media and just in pre- and just in a uh, person when I was driving around the compassion that you know people in this state have to help out their fellow brother, their fellow sister. And that's something that actually, you know, I mean, for all the rap that texas and and, uh, don't get me wrong some of it is definitely warranted all of the rap that texas gets in general for being the conservative state that it is like this that and the other i feel and this is something that gets under my skin when people bash texas when things that uh, other states do that we could do better absolutely but i genuinely believe that there is such a big heart and such a like just a, a desire to like want and lend a helping hand in Texas unlike there is in many other states because you saw the same kind of thing like when that big hurricane like basically blew away Houston a couple years back back in like 2016 or something like Mm -hmm. that you know everybody was like gearing up to help you know and that's just the kind of attitude that we have here of course I'm saying that like we have our problems and they're big ones at that but I feel like Texas is like just general hospitality and wanting to help out their fellow man a lot of times does is not talked about enough exactly yeah and one last shout out. I just want to give a shout out to the uh the guy I didn't catch his name but you know I got stuck on the road uh you know, oh yeah that's yeah. right perfect example yeah yeah not, not, it was nothing it was nothing serious you know but I was still like worried that I was going to be stuck out there all night you know, I got cornered into like an embankment and I didn't get any scratches on my car or anything like that. But even if I did, I wasn't going to like be too worried about it. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of steep, the road I was trying to go up. So I kind of got cornered in an embankment and my, my tire kept spinning out so I couldn't get out. Uh, but luckily, uh, somebody's passing by. Uh, dude got out. He uh, helped me push it out to where I could reverse and like head the other way. And yeah, like it took maybe 10 minutes in total, you know, got, you know, in and out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just stuff like that, like, I really appreciate it, like, firsthand. Yeah, yeah, and you know that shit wouldn't happen that fast in New Jersey. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know, I don't know why you had to bring them to New Jersey. I'm just saying, but, yes, yes, so thank you for uh, the random act of uh, kindness, stranger. So, Golden Globes are expected to air on the very last day of the month. Yeah, but everything's been pushed back with COVID yeah, and everything. everything the Grammys were really pushed crazy. back too. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. there was supposed to be this month. And Critics' Choice Awards, todo eso. 
Yeah, you know, war season, of course. So if anybody's ever listened to like any other podcast, I know we've talked about this before. I really don't care about awards. I'm always happy for the people that are nominated. Uh, I think the nomination a lot of time is much more better than actually winning. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's. I agree with you on that. That's that's easy for me to say. You know, I'm sure. I mean, even the the people winning, it's still I have no problem with it. Like I said, the people winning, people get nominated. That's not the problem. I just don't like the institution of awards shows as a as a whole. I mean, I'll agree with you with the fact that, yes, it's overly politicized, but the reason I find it so wonderful is because it sort of shines a light on films that people probably wouldn't pay attention to otherwise. And, you know, because other th- because as wonderful as the Sundance Film Festival is, it doesn't have the kind of clout that, like, being nominated for an Academy Award or, you know, a Golden Globe Award does. So when something is, again at the very least nominated it gives you know it that much more uh that much more chance to be discovered i think you're being i think you're being a little bit too um i think you're lessening the effect of like stuff like sundance because that's still a really big honor yeah no it's a real it's a huge honor or getting like an award at cams the idea of going mainstream and like hitting it big like let's be honest like people don't look at you know the sundance film festival lineups like they do the oscars they just don't yeah, but even though that's a slippery slope because there's been years where the nominations themselves have been utter trash, and you and you, and you kind of sit back and be and you're like, why that's was true. why was this nominated? That's true. Like, and I feel I feel like such a bougie jerkwad when I think about the fact that Emily in Paris was nominated in this year's Golden Globes, and I just don't understand that at all. Like, why? What what this year's nominations are totally whack to me for the most part. I I know that one thing that I'm really bad at is as far as the Golden Globes goes, like the Latin Grammys. Just Latin award shows in general. Latin award shows in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, because I've always like thought about like, is it just a is it just a language barrier thing? Because like when when it comes to movies, there are, there are subtitles, right? Mm-hmm. And you also have like the foreign the foreign film category. And you, but you also have you've had like films in another language be up for best picture. You know yeah. that's happened as well. Parasite, yeah. Yeah, Parasite and some other ones. So it's possible. Don't get me wrong. It's just when it comes to like the presence of Hispanics, Latinos in the in the media game and their contributions. Is it primarily a language thing? Because with music, it's a little bit more understandable. Because if it's all in Spanish. You know, America, America is very funny because it's so centralized in, in this one language, you know, which is English. And it's very hard for a lot of people to break out that bubble and want to listen to things in another language. Extremely hard. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't think some, I don't think some people, like, see how closed off Americans can be. Which is so ridiculous because when you think in Europe, like, ha- like, only being in Europe, only being able to speak one language, not only does everyone around you see that as a hindrance like actually holds you back meanwhile like if you're in america you're only expected to speak that one language usually english and that's a source of pride uh we're in america speak english but in europe you're usually expected or at least it's very very common to speak french and you know uh italian and you know all in lots of other languages from european countries and i don't know if that's because like the countries there are much smaller and much more clustered up right next to each other that it like a lot of times you're only like a train ride away to a place with a completely different where they only specifically speak a certain language but it's not like that in the states not at all I think it's two things. I think it's the the language barrier. You could kind of look at it the way that that African Americans have like the BET Awards or like mm-hmm. the Hip Hop Awards, 
and a lot of these very centralized you know black art forms Mm -hmm. and i think because hispanics are so a huge huge market and like a lot of times these award shows that we talk about are based a lot of times kind of coming from a like a united states uh brown people point of view if you know what if you know what i'm saying it's kind of like you're this thing is based in the states because the grammy the, the latin grammys come from like the original grammys and all the other award shows but you're catering, you're trying to cater to like this worldwide audience of like Latin America, you know, worldwide in the sense of Latin America. And you're trying to cater to a huge, huge group of people. You're talking to millions and millions of people and make it and make it um, make sense because the fan base is there. The people is there. So it's almost like this, this very prideful sense of like we can survive our, on our own. We don't really need to integrate ourselves with what you Americans, got, yeah. So what... what america's doing yeah to what y'all going on even though in a sense we're in the same country as y'all because the land because the land grammys consist of like people from all over latin america it's not just people in the united states but i think i think the point of view or the or the perception of it is very much americanized I mean, I don't really understand that, but I do understand the language barrier thing. I do understand when, I think that they were discussing Parasite at the time or something along those lines. I think it was the director of Parasite, actually, that said that once people got over the the quote-unquote barrier that they saw subtitle as, uh, subtitles as, they would be exposed to that much more incredible stories. I often think about that when it comes to like Latin movies or movies in Spanish, you know, that that show up in America or that show up on the platforms like Netflix and stuff like that. And there is starting to be more and more of them out there. People need to and you would think with anime being around for so many years, especially around America, that people would be used to by now reading subtitles. And that is something that I hope that people in America warm up to more because that quote from the director of Paris is something that i really do agree with there's a lot more stories out there we can be exposed to if we get over that yeah and i think just to kind of clear up what i said earlier was i was trying to like put across that why is it taking so long mm-hmm. pretty much like is the latin uh arts within the united states or within you know latin america is it comfortable because with parasite for example and people were so eager to see that film you know just you know breaking uh, the stigma that you know a foreign film can't make this kind of impact and it did mm-hmm. and with Latin, Latin Americans and Hispanics having such a some, having such a a huge impact on this side of the world it, do you think it's like being very comfortable with your audience and not wanting to break into that other demographic or is it that they don't they don't see themselves being able to break that barrier because you know you know what i mean like we're always it's my thing that like we've always been been here here, but we're so used to being grouped to like in our own subgroup i don't think that i don't think that's the case ricardo though like i think that i don't i think that what you're trying to say or that what you're trying to put out there is the idea that we are comfortable being amongst ourselves and amongst our own communities that we don't want to break out into the mainstream or that we don't care for it as much. And I don't think that's it. I think that I would love 
to watch a mini series about you know a girl like me growing up through the things that like I go through on a daily basis as a, a Latinx American woman in all the different languages that that weaved in and out of each other like I think that would be a beautiful wonderful thing to experience so I don't my point of view I, I definitely don't think that we're so that we're so into our, I think that we just haven't made that breakthrough yet. But I've been telling you this for a long time and I've been telling anybody this for anyone that will listen, like it's coming, you know, it's, it's very much coming. We're going to break through the break, uh, mainstream in a lot of ways we have, and it's only natural that just like, you know, black culture, we started off breaking through with music first, you know, with Bad Bunny and reggaeton and all of that, like making its way up to the charts. It's only a matter of fact, it's only a matter of time that we start doing that with movies too. We just got to give it some time, you know, and we got to keep pushing forward, but I definitely definitely don't think it's lack of desire or a complacency in our grouping if that makes any sense yeah no i understand that but i think it's also this like frustration in me that's like i've seen it happen mm-hmm. I've, I've seen hispanics i've seen our people break through and do amazing things mm-hmm. and get the recognition of that mainstream success you know whatever that yeah, is. you're talking in the sense of like TV shows and movies right now, right? TV shows, movies, music, it's happened. Yeah. Like it's not impossible. Yeah. The thing is there. Trying to find that missing link of mm-hmm. like what could make it much more easier for everybody else kind of thing. I don't think that that's our job. I don't think that uh, no, it's our... No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm trying to find it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm not saying in a literal sense me trying to find it. Just trying to put together what is that key that can make it a lot easier because ultimately that's what a lot of this stuff is to make it easier for the next person opening doors Mm -hmm. all i know is that some of the most impactful stories that i've ever seen in my in my life when it comes to like latinos or when it comes to other minorities was whenever they showed up on the screen and they were just human you know they weren't a caricature and if they were a caricature they were a character with a b-side you know because sometimes we're all stereotypes we can all be like we can all be simplified into like a couple of different ideas of what we think a woman is or latinx woman is or what that doesn't take away all of the different human sides that we have and the fact that we have a that we as human beings in general you know even without race we have a lot more in common than we do different i don't think that it's our job to prove that to anybody to prove that to to white society or anything like that i think it's just our job to like show up day in and day out and be exactly who we are but relentlessly i understand what you're saying you know because and i still struggle with this there's a side of me where it's like and I don't know what this, I don't know if this is more about me or if I'm just being a little bit cynical, but I have never felt the need to see me on screen. But do you ever feel the need? Do you ever feel like you that you'll one day? Because I don't know what your goals are when it comes to like your beat making or any of that. Like, do you feel like uh, for any of those that don't know, like Ricardo Mexicano also makes beats on the side. One day want your beats to be like known or used primarily by someone to where like your name gets known like do you want that kind of notoriety uh and if so do you think that you being latino is holding you back in some way Mm, no i never thought about it being a racial thing Mm -hmm. about about who i am you know in that sense of it holding me back uh, for me, I've always looked at it as just, you know, putting in that work and just really, exactly and just really getting, 
that sound out there to the right hands, you know, timing, getting into the right people, making those connections. And that, yeah, of course, I would want to be known. I don't think I would want like a huge, huge notoriety. But yeah, of course, I would like to be known among certain certain people who matter. But I don't know. But does that make sense? Like when I say like I've never felt a need to see myself um like and when i say myself i mean other latino other hispanics on tv to prove that i'm worth something i've never needed to to see hispanic actors actresses to to, to, to know let, that it was possible for you to right exactly mm-hmm. i've yeah. never needed that and i know that's like a big thing for a lot of people they kind of like need to see it happening yeah before their eyes for them to like realize like oh like, this because one. to them representation matters yeah and for me it's like I know this is like really weird to say, but re- representation to me just doesn't matter because uh-huh. I'm I'm very individual in that sense. Where I'm like, you're very it, individualistic, yeah. Yeah, like where it's like it's either me or nothing. You know, uh-huh. like me looking at somebody else is not gonna guarantee that I can make it to mm-hmm. where they're at. So it's like pretty much up to me on my own to like achieve that position that they're in. Sometimes you have to create your own narrative like that. You know, just because you fit into a, sem- a certain demographic does not automatically mean that you're go- that you're guaranteed to succeed. And not only that, but you never want to be a token anything. You know, you never want to be hired just because, you know, you're a certain color. Your affirmative action is a whole different thing, you know. So I get that. But scale down representation and just take it down to relatability. Like, there's a reason why I get excited when I watch a movie and I can relate to the main character. You know, whether she's Hispanic or not, maybe the fact that she is Hispanic is something that, you know, draws me even more to her. But maybe it's the fact that she loves movies the way I do. Or maybe it's the fact that, you know, she has crazy, wild, unmanageable hair the way that I do. You know, like, just any little thing that makes you relate to a character automatically makes you feel like wow that could be me too i do think that representation matters to an extent i also see where like individualism matters too you know it's all up to the person itself all right that was a lot yeah (laughs) all right uh so moving on to the next thing we have our old buddy you know our old friend and pal yes my future husband uh yeah. no no you don't know who i'm about to say hold on oh okay hold on. okay oh okay charlemagne the god oh all right all <laughs> yes. right yeah, he's not a friend you all right he, he oh well yeah. Um, yeah i wish he was but yeah i mean charlemagne one day one day yeah maybe we'll meet him one day yeah Never sure know. why not hey why not so charlemagne the god has this interesting relationship with the actor Lakeith Stanfield, you know, known for uh, Get Out. That's my future husband, yes. Known for being married to somebody else. That's not Veronica. Uh-huh. Being known for being in Atlanta. Sorry to, uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, uh-huh. Atlanta. And, of course, uh, now Judas and the Black Messiah. There was this recent interview that happened where Daniel uh, uh, Kulia, right? Kulia? Kaluuya. Kaluuya uh-huh. was uh, being interviewed by Charlemagne on The Breakfast Club. And Charlemagne brought up some just found a way like he always does to bring up like stanfield and uh i guess they kind of came off as charlotte likes if nothing else to be controversial as hell <laughs> i mean yeah if you and know pretentious Charlem- as hell if you know charlamagne this isn't really anything new i mean charlamagne has changed a lot don't get me wrong like yeah, i remember yeah, when yeah. i remember when i showed you those clips of like old <laughs> don't even i just keep thinking back to that j-lo clip like i just can't he sniffed her chair he did uh so he managed to bring up 
Lakeith Stanfield in this interview, which he wasn't even in, by the way. Like I said, it was just, it was just Daniel. And he says something to the extent, I'm trying to find a quote. Charlotte if, asked Daniel. Yes. If Stanfield's role as an FBI informant, William O'Neill made him look at him any differently because of how well he played the role. <laughs> like, like, like Charlotte is kind of pretty much saying like, man, he played that FBI role so good. You sure he isn't like one really uh-huh. kind of thing? And Kaluuya actually... Uh, apparently he's kind of like aware of their past yeah and he replied to Charlemagne, asking if the if he's asking that because there's something to do with their bad blood and Charlemagne pretty much said like no, i've never had an issue with him i just feel like he was kind of born to play the role and uh apparently lakeith eventually got wind of this uh-huh. and decided to get on instagram and make a post where he pretty much called uh, oh he retaliated yeah, yeah he caught yeah he, he he did it pretty quickly and he wrote, this is his quote, you know, I'm not, you know, over here trying and to be what explicit. did my man Lakeith say? So, Lakeith responds to Charlamagne by saying, this is what hoes do. Get get sunned by reality. Get off me, bro, you a lame. Wait, and he uh, said that to Charla? Yeah. Like he added him, he added him. He added him. Leave me, leave, leave me be dog and find somebody else at See the God. I don't know. I think like, I think that that's like Charla's like fourth grade bully coming out uh, because you remember when on Brilliant Idiots, he would like, he would tell stories about how like he would just like bully the mess out of kids. And like when he found out that like you had that one insecurity or that one thing that like absolutely you, you did not want anybody to talk about, he would like drill into that he would make fun of your hairline if that was your thing he would make fun of your shoes if that was your thing like i think that's just charla's like wanting like charla's desire to like like get a needle and just like like poke at uh, at poor lakeith so i think it's funny because, i don't know i think it's hilarious i mean i think it's hilarious because i know how petty charlotte is it's so it's so passive aggressive because he didn't it say any, is. he didn't say anything about lakeith like appearance yeah no no, he, no 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 he literally made like this bad bad he was shady as hell this backhanded comment of like <laughs> how, i can't stand that you know how much i can't stand pettiness and shadiness. how he, he pretty much said like oh mm. man you played that role good. Maybe too good. You sure you weren't born to play in the forest? Yeah, but he also knows how much of a sensey Lakeith is. Like, that's the thing, is that Lakeith, he's very, very, he's a, he's an artiste's artiste's, you know? He's he's very sensitive and he takes everything seriously. And he already has it has it out for Charlotte. So, you know, Charlotte knew exactly what he was doing. I do, I do think Lakeith was a little bit too... Reactionary? I, reactionary, especially when yeah. this... Per- well, not just this right now, but like what happened originally where, you know, cause remember the original thing popped off where yeah. like he was pretty much blaming uh, Breakfast Club and a lot of other uh, black pop culture outlets for being like the downfall of uh, of uh, current black uh, society and uh-huh. issues. Uh-huh. And I think he was kind of out of line for that. Oh, yeah. Because like he was like pretty much bla- making them bear the brunt of like the issues going on in black yeah America. and then remember charlotte gave him donkey the day yeah. it's a, so i mean they've had a lot of back and forth yeah. or whatever i just think LaKeith i mean this was, is just another i just personally think lakeith was wrong in that and yeah. making those comments i'm like really man you're really about to go there yeah and really true. like put like what goes on in like society on media outlets really like, yeah yes yeah, do media outlets of any kind doesn't matter the the demographic do they propagate ignorant stuff yes that happens yeah and that was i think that's what his whole point was he's like uh he's like you want to talk about black excellence you're you're over here talking about like what the baby did this and what takashi six nine like issues he had with his baby mama etc 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 you know how's that promoting black excellence and you know like we're not here to speak on 
that and whether there's any validity to it, but like, uh, that's basically what Lakeith was trying to say, you know, and that's a very extreme claim to, like, you can see why Charlotte would take offense to that, obviously. Yeah, because he's within that, that, that sphere, yeah. that medium, and also, but also like, kind of like discrediting these sources. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of like Bossip and Lipstick Alley. Yes, I know what these or sites World are. Star. Yeah, or World Star. Yeah, I mean, I like I love World Star. I'm see? Not... See? No, but I know <laughs> these sites. Uh-huh. Like, I, I know the sites. I know I know Shade Room. I know all of them. Uh-huh. And, I, and I read them sometimes. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, everything they do. But I think Lakeith was very tone deaf and, like, not seeing the relevance that they have in promoting people like him and other people who are mm-hmm. significant as him. Yeah. And that sometimes they are the only outlets yeah. that are willing to give them a chance. That's, that's That was the whole... Co- issue that Charlemagne had it's yeah. like you want to talk down on us but sometimes we're the only ones that are going to give you this platform yeah yeah you know? that's true and we're the only ones that really care yeah it's and that's true. why I sided with Charlemagne when that whole thing went down oh yeah no like I know that uh I know that Lakeith was out of pocket but I forgot I forget why he said that I know like Charlotte and Lakeith's history goes a little while back I don't know I know that there was an altercation that they had that made him say that I forget what it was though like that and it was like Charlemagne dissing uh Lakeith. It was about said, him because he said something about like uh, making rap. out with a dog or like or something. Okay, all right. Well, we're going way down well, to said, like he said Lakeith couldn't rap. Oh yeah, well that's yeah, it. That Lakeith was very sensitive about that. He was yeah. like, "What?" He was like, <gasps> "Like he got very very like." Lakeith, see, but this all goes back to my point: is that Lakeith is an artist's artists. Okay, he's going to be temperamental yeah. and he's going to be sensitive, and you know that's just how it be sometimes. I saw another. Still reason. love him. Call me, but yeah. Please don't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I saw a recent interview though with Lakeith where he uh-huh. was talking about um how he had to he's go to so therapy. so pretty. Oh How he gosh. had to go to therapy uh-huh. like right after the making of the movie because it took like a very oh toll. Judas yeah Judas and the Black Messiah mm-hmm. yeah he said he went to therapy uh, soon after because mm-hmm. it took a such a toll on his uh, mental state playing like getting into that role. I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet it would take a lot for anybody to. Uh, take on the role of bill o'neill i mean that that as like an african-american man as a black man would be incredibly difficult to play i i can't even begin to imagine it but i mean it's been getting a hell of a lot of great reception i've gotten many dms over the past couple of days of people just telling me hey i just watched the movie you know people that actually listen to our review and stuff uh from last week and they said, hey, I watched a movie. I loved it, you know. So it's getting a lot of good traction, and that's really awesome. They listened to Mattel, the boy that I love review? Yeah, no. Like, that's at the, they act. Yes, they did. Yes, yeah. they did, Ricardo. They also mentioned. they <laughs> Actually, you'll be surprised. A lot more people were excited about the fact that we reviewed to all the boys more so than I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah. When I put the post up on Facebook, like, I got so many more comments for to all the boys, and I got a couple of likes for Judas, and I'm like, let it be the mainstream rom-com that gets all the love, bruh. In Black History Month, no less. Yeah. But yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I still it's gotta, hilarious. I still got to cast a movie before the, before the month ends, too. I'll probably yeah. watch it. I'll probably watch it this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I definitely got to check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's enough of Lakeys and uh and see the God. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, you know what? I wanted to uh, I wanted to address your very unpopular opinion that I actually just heard of a couple of minutes ago before this podcast. So tell me again your unpopular opinion, Ricardo. I think it's insanity. 
You think it's insanity? I think it's insanity. I think your Instagram stories are insanity. I Let's think that, that my Instagram no, stories no, no, no. are no. brilliant. But anyway, <laughs> yes. Um, so my unpopular opinion, quote unquote, I don't think it's that unpopular. I feel like a lot of a lot of the boys, you know, shout out to the boys, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, will yeah, agree yeah. that I don't think men should wear flip flops. And when I say flip flops, I mean you know. The sandal with the with the piece of plastic or whatever. The sandal with the thong. With the thong, yeah. The thong flops. Yeah, yes. Let's let's be crude. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On this very family. This is friend. a very it's a very uh, Cisco branded flip flop. Yes. Uh, yes. What? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> but your, your traditional flip flop. Everybody knows uh-huh, what it is. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, I feel like if you grow if you grew up like in the city, or in the hood, you know a flip flop is that, and then uh-huh. the slide is like your. You know, a slide. No, but you were talking about the beach. I know, I know. But hold on, I'm just trying to like set up the uh, the context. Paint the picture. I mean. okay. Yeah, paint the picture exactly. Thank you. Uh, so we have slide, which is what I wear, and you know, I'm gonna wear that with socks. And if I, if I'm at home, you know, sometimes I take my socks off and I wear, you know, just my just bare feet with the slide, of course, because it's my home and I can do that. But if I'm out in public, and specifically if I'm at a beach, um, you're probably gonna catch me with those slides on with socks or i'm gonna be wearing like some like some jordans some nike fila with socks on at the beach you're gonna be wearing tennis shoes at the beach yes tennis shoes at the beach because i feel like men should not wear um flip-flops you know bare you know bare feet with flip-flops at the beach but it's the beach like are you so you're saying that you would walk out there like and it just doesn't stop at the beach. I don't think they should wear them anywhere. Okay, well that's like that's one thing, but I'm more concerned. But the main thing that I'm concerned about is you like your setting of choice. Is the fact that you said that you would wear your red Octobers mm-hmm. at the beach, mm-hmm. or you some. could, or you could get like salt in them, sand in them, mm-hmm. all that sort of jazz. Like I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, why? What do you mean, why? Like, what exactly are you ashamed of? Are your feet that crusty, bro? No, no. My feet are actually pretty beautiful for a man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so then why don't you show them off? No, there's no need to. I don't need to put people through pain, like, while I'm out in public. What do you mean? Like, people shouldn't have to, like, look at my feet. And I don't want to, like, show them out in public either. Yeah, but why would you just not wear your slides without socks to the beach? No. I don't, like, but what if, like, what if your shoes get wet? Like, I don't understand that. Like, isn't there a whole, like, subculture, not even that sub of a culture, like, isn't there a whole culture, like, literally dedicated to keeping your shoes as pristine as possible, yet you're going to go out there and you're going to well, walk in the I'm, beach with I'm them? I'm not going to be wearing, like, you brought up Red October. I'm not going to be wearing Red October. I'm going to be wearing, like, some just regular, smegular uh, type of shoes, you know, that I can get dirty, the kicks, you know, they've been worn out. I'm aware of that. You know, it's not but then like you can have some nasty ass tan, uh, tan lines. Your your feet are gonna look like a whole different shade of like whiteness, and compared to like everything out, like it just it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like that that is just like that is the wildest thing that I've ever heard. That you're the, gonna wear tennis shoes at the beach. The wildest thing you ever heard. It's one of the wildest That's things the wildest that you've thing ever said to me. You've said a lot of crazy no, ass a, shit a to lot, me. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of the, the hood, a lot of the boys agree with me. Like like we just don't wear. Uh, flip, flip flops. I want you beach. to put a post up on Twitter and Facebook when we're done with this tomorrow, and because I need to see like numerical evidence that people, someone out there, actually agrees with you. I feel like a lot of people agree with me. Well, then I mean, men, men primarily. Okay, well then, uh, well then, put the post up, bruh. 
I need to see the polls. I need to see the numbers because I do. I think that that is a wild ass unpopular so, opinion to wear tennis shoes at the beach. So you, it's a setting that does it for me. It's so like why if you were to wear tennis shoes like at a spa or something. I mean, I've been in like one spa in my entire life, but like you know what I mean. Like, why would you? wear tennis shoes anywhere where you know they're gonna get wet would you wear tennis shoes at a, a 20 tennis shoes at a swimming pool like at a pool party um probably like you'd go out there in your like uh swim trunks y todo eso with my shoes on yeah why because until i get in the in the pool i don't even nobody see my feet okay so once you get in the pool like let's say that you're done swimming around you know macking on the ladies whatever uh, I'm and, not on any ladies. Uh, whatever. The and then you, and then you get out of the pool. Like, do you keep your shoes off? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna put them on. And so you're gonna keep. My... So you're gonna get your socks wet. No, no, no I'm gonna dry my feet off. Put the towel that's nearby. Put my socks on, and then put my shoes on. But what if you're in the pool? People call you like in your. What if you're in the pool? They call you out to eat because you're at a barbecue or something. Like, are you going to put your socks on to eat, eat your burger, and then go back into the pool and take your shoes off? Mm, That's no. just a lot of work. No, I'm going to put my socks on, I'm going to put my shoes on, eat, chill for a bit, and then eventually when I decide to get back on, I'm going to take them off. Exactly. That's just a lot of work. Like, just keep your shoes off. No. I'm I'll, The only time you'll see my feet within a beach setting or a pool setting is with the moment I'm about to get inside. That's it. Get in the ocean. Get out of I the ocean. I know. It sounds like. Uh, tell me why you so insecure, Ricardo Mexicano. I mean, I can admit I'm like insecure. I already said I'm insecure. I feel like nobody should have to see my feet. Like I'm, I'm saying that I don't want people to like. I'm sure your feet are not even that bad. There's some people I, I, out there that would pay high dollar for pictures of your feet. Ricardo I don't think Mexicano. my feet are bad. Like I said, I have pretty beautiful feet. Exactly. For a man, but I don't need the world to like fall victim to this to to these type of feet. What do you mean? Like, even though I consider them beautiful and that's all that matters, I know the world consider consider it uh, uh, repulse, you know? So uh, you think your feet are repulsive, but you think that other people think... Sorry, you think your feet are beautiful, but you think that other people think your feet are repulsive? Yeah. So it's no, it's no use to, like, put them through that pain, you know? Uh-huh. So it's like, just cover them up, spare people the pain, and everything's good. My unpopular opinion is actually having to do with the internets. I kind of secretly hate using emojis and acronyms for things. Like, no, I get acronyms when it comes to, like, words and stuff. But I hate, like, whenever a guy, if a guy texts me, if he hits me up and he asks me, if he sends me the words W-Y-D, I'm not answering. Because what is that supposed to mean, Ricardo Mexicano? I know what it means. And you're stuck in 1982. That's what it means. No. What do you mean? What does it mean? Like, if you, as a gentleman, cannot spell out the words, what are you doing? Question mark. And have to send me W-Y-D? Like, I'm sorry. I'm just not. I'm just not. I cannot. Like, you know, and you know what's funny about me is that, like, you know how people get, like, really hung up, like, whenever there's, like, a Facebook debate and people will go back and forth with each other and um, and in order to, like, one-up someone, they'll be like, oh, it's there, T-H-E-I-R, not T-H-E-R-E. You know, like, they'll, uh, they'll get on the homophones and uh, talk about the misspellings and, and all of that uh, to make the other person feel stupid. To me, I don't care if there's a typo. I don't care if you mix up 
your theirs and theirs and your ours and your hours. Like, that's not important to me. To me, it's important that you spell out your words, that you at least try to spell out what are you doing instead of W-Y-D. That's what gets under my skin. And I know that's a really unpopular opinion because people like to shortcut shit. It bothers me. But, like, the same argument can be made for you when it comes to, like, when you say you don't really care about, you know, people misspell, have a typo here or there. Uh-huh. Or, like, the homophones aren't the same as, you know, or they aren't using... I just don't get people nitpick, like, to make other people feel right, stupid. It's like, you, you know what they meant. But I'm saying, but somebody could take that same offense towards you by you saying, what are you doing? Because it's kind of, like, assume a, a great consensus that if you're if you're somebody who grew up within the internet age and you've seen these words over and over and over, you know what these mean. And you're almost, like, trying to make them feel bad for like using it i'm not and and look like like i said no okay so here's the thing here's uh, like i understand what you're saying but like i guess it has mostly to do with like the opposite sex right so if a friend is asking me wyd and it's like a good friend of mine and it happens to be a girl or whatever uh i don't care but if it's like a guy that's trying to talk to me or just like a guy uh, or just a guy that's trying to get my attention in any sort of way and he doesn't spell out his words i don't know why but i take that as disrespectful well, what about a guy that's a very good friend and he then he does wyd <laughs> you see it depends it depends it really does okay so i have a okay so i'm glad that you brought that up because i have a friend that he is very internet savvy in the sense of he loves emojis he loves acronyms he's like every other human being in the universe which is a compliment to him because apparently i'm 92 years old um yes okay so whenever he texts me or whenever he messages me he'll ask me wyd and i straight up won't even answer him because I'm like, I, until you spell it out, I'm not going to contest you. And then, I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago, we actually got into like a texting fight back and forth. Because, I don't know, I think he saw my response on something on Facebook. And I replied on with, uh, I replied to someone's comment with an emoji. And he messaged me. He's like, how come you never send me any emojis? Like, that yeah. was the fight he wanted to pick. Right, He's right. like, I don't understand why I'm not important enough. For you to send me, like, a laugh crying emoji every once in a while. And I'm like, why do I need to send you a laugh crying emoji? I can just tell you it's funny. I can just tell you I'm laughing. And he's like, but this means so much. Like, that was the torch he wanted to die on. And I don't get it. The hill. Fine. The torch, the hill, whatever, okay? Like, send me an emoji to complain about it if you feel that passionate about it. Yes, I will. I just, I don't don't get it. I'm like, okay, so I kind of understand, again, Veronica is secretly 92 years old. Porque I am just now starting to get into meme culture and kind of sort of loving it. But I don't still, I I still want my gentleman callers to spell things out for me. Like, uh, like literal words. Like, And, and that's understandable. You mm-hmm. have your right to expect a certain level of um, cordialness and cordialness. But... Like, if let- they misspell something, I don't care. I just want them to try to spell it out. Okay. But if it's somebody new, you kind of have to let that be known. What do you, do you mean? Do you, do you, are you, yeah. Do, do you let that be known, like, right away? Like, if somebody, if somebody you just met, it's like, hey, I'm such and such that you met at the library campus library wyd yeah like would you would you write them in there explain to them what why, or would what, i be shady or, or would you be shady and be like mm, and just already look at the your phone like 
No, okay, see, like, if people don't, I, I can understand that. I can admit the fact that I'm kind of an obnoxiously odd duck, so. You're a, you're a dilapidated librarian. Yes, I'm a dilapidated dr- librarian duck. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so, when it comes to that, if a guy sends me WYD first and it's someone that I just met and they don't know, like, what a se- secret ancient relic I am, then essentially... I will reply, I will let them know by replying everything in super spelled out grammatically correct responses. Like, and if they get the hint, great. And if not, like, I'll let them know as time goes on. I don't have to, like, beat them over the head with it right away. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, of course. I mean, I would expect that. Because if yeah. you were, like, to, like, completely dismiss them right then and there, I'd be like, no, 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 I ain't that bad. I ain't yeah. that bad. I'll be like, Jesus, like, this nah. man doesn't even know what he did. You're over here just let it, leave, leaving him on red and he doesn't even know what he did. No, 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 no. Like, like, uh, like, like for example, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was going to say that um, I know that women do like that. Like, I, I, like with a lot of women I've interacted, they'll, and it's weird because they've pointed out many times where they're like, I'm glad that you started off your conversation with how they're going, how are you doing, spell everything correctly, punctuate it, and just have an honest, open dialogue at the very, from the very beginning, and not let it, and not have it be, hey, what's good? Mm-hmm. I'm this, and that's it. Like, yeah. I, I see or the how- fact that they like uh, put uh, LOL at the end of their sentences just to make sure it's not offensive. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I do that sometimes too. I'm, yeah, like, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, act yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. perfect, but like. I've learned over the many years of like messaging uh, women that that is a big appreciation for them. That if you can like very uh, eloquent, I mean, you say it has to be eloquent, but just uh, in a very standard and very nice way of writing out uh, a very nice conversation between two people, that the appreciation usually goes up for that other person. Mm-hmm. At least that's my experience. Yeah, and, and I and I, and I and I only know because people point because uh, uh, women have pointed out like like you text very nice, you know that's that's kind of the thing. <laughs> that's that's, that's, but, like, hey, I that's mean, a compliment that's, I've gotten. Exactly, exactly. Like today, the 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 phrase you text very nice is like the equivalent of you know like sending you have amazing penmanship. You know, yes, yeah. amazing penmanship. Or hey, he sent me you know, a rose before the date or something like that. It's the little things, bruh. Is yeah. I just want someone to like text, uh, to type out their words. That's all I want out of life. Is that too much to ask? No, I don't think so. Like yeah, said, exactly. So like, that's my unpopular opinion. I'm just saying, you just have to let people know. Like, right off the jump before right the I jump. ixnay them. Before you like crucify them. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For, for sending you uh, B, uh, BT dubs. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Before not realizing the fact that I'm a 182 year old, like, uh, ancient thing. Yeah. 2092, sure. but right, who's right. counting? Yeah, who's counting? Who's counting? Uh, and, uh, with that, we are going to get into good looking out. This is the segment that we all know and love. This is where we go ahead and break you guys off some of what we've been watching or listening to or just, you know, been checking out all week. Uh, this week, I'm actually going to go ahead and start off with a movie that, uh, actually uh, actually was premiered in uh, the uh, Gotham Awards not too long ago. So it's a movie that is available right now on HBO Max. 
Saint Francis. It was uh, it's written and starred by uh, Kelly Sullivan, uh, and it's one of her very first projects that she's uh, both wrote and starred in. And basically, Saint Francis is about uh, a woman that gets an abortion and uh, she becomes nanny to uh, a nanny to this little girl. Uh, and she becomes really close to this, uh, really close to her family, you know, friendship blossoms. And, um, and the interesting thing about this movie is what really draws people to it is the fact that it's so, it talks about so many taboo subjects in such a heartwarming way, you know, without giving too much away. It literally starts off the movie, like the first 10 minutes of the movie with period sex, you know, and there's so many parts of this movie that, what we see, what we in society see as graphic or as gross when it comes to women, they just, they play it in such a comedic but matter-of-fact way when they talk about postpartum. They talk about really depressing and taboo things, um, uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Sullivan's character and uh, the moms that she interacts with and the little girl they talk about you know um, again period sex abortions postpartum depression uh, gay marriages but they do it without beating your head uh, beating your head with it and they just they manage to talk about all of these things while weaving in a really heartwarming story about the friendship of this like nanny and this little girl and her family and I think I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would I actually was this close to uh reviewing a, a Netflix movie that is trending right now I care a lot but you guys I'll be honest like I don't understand why this movie is trending on uh on Twitter because I've seen a lot of movies I've seen a lot of tweets about it and I watched the first 10 minutes of that movie and I just couldn't I like I checked out and I watched St. Francis instead. So I definitely think that that was the better pick. Um, I think that it did a great job in like providing a lot of poignancy and like normalizing a lot of things. And also, weirdly enough, it made me realize this movie because again, it was about an uh, it was about like a thirty four year old that like in the first couple minutes of the movie had to uh, first thirty minutes of the movie had to get an abortion. It made me realize how little I know about my own body. I there were there was this whole scene in the movie where basically her and the guy that she was sleeping with they had to go through and they had to like print out this Google sheet of like aftercare for abortions like what's going to happen you know like after you get the abortions like okay like uh do we have to watch out for this check this check we should probably get you these sort of vitamins check and I didn't know any about anything about that and I guess to me that's why it was uh it was a very interesting movie because what I find more interesting than the movie is the fact that I knew nothing about how to take care of my own body after an abortion should I choose to have one. And the fact that I'm so ignorant to that because that's not something that's commonly spoken about because it's so taboo because it's not something that people are so very open about. It just... I. I don't think surprise is the right word, but I think it's sort of, it astonishes me that, like, this is the body that I live in and I don't know how to, like, properly take care of because society has told me that it's embarrassing or that it's uncomfortable or that it's impure or it's taboo or it's weird 
to talk about something that happens within us. And I thought uh, this movie did a very interesting job at just like making everything seem normal under just the lens of like a comedic, warm, oh, like heartfelt family movie. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's a, it was a little slow for my taste, even though it was supposed to be a comedy, but overall I did really like it. And I think I would give it like a seven and a half out of 10 Veronica stars for sure. So it's about lesbians? No, it wasn't about lesbians. It was like the, the main character had sex with a guy, like she was straight, but like the, the girl that she happened to be nannying happened to have two moms. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 It wasn't it so- about it sounds, the lesbians. It sounds like a very womanly movie. Yeah, no, no. Most of, uh, it was a lot of women in it. Yeah. The main character. The, what does a womanly movie even mean? You a lot know. of women yeah. in a movie. Yeah, That's sure. It. Sure. There was a lot of women in there. Yeah, sure. That's not, so it, it kind of like, we kind of come full circles from like the opening comment you made where I'm like the, the master of the of femininity. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. You get to deem what is and what is not a womanly movie. So. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's what I'm here for mm-hmm, at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Exactly. <laughs> How many uh, woman Ricardo stars does it get? Ricardo? I don't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. I mean, it sounds interesting though. Mm-hmm. It does sound like a very good movie. I, mean, I think that you would like it. It's like up your alley. Like you love that kind of shit. I mean, yeah, maybe. Like I like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. If it's anything like that. Oh no! Like it's not. It's nowhere near as dramatic. Like I said, this one's more of a comedy. Portrait of a Lady on Fire was very slow. But it was like it was it built that was like a very tension filled movie. It's two completely different kind of films. That movie's amazing. Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, I, think, I know. I think it's because I said womanly film, and I think that movie's also a very womanly film. <laughs> it had three characters the whole time, and they were all women. Yeah, a very womanly film. I guess, but th- whenever you talk about any other regular film, you don't talk about how it's a very manly film. I'm, I've described some films as very manly. Like what film? Oh, like Rocky. Rocky's very manly. Um, Predator's very manly. Um, what about the film makes it manly? Because it's a bunch of guys in the jungle. <laughs> but yeah, but you don't talk about that. okay, whatever. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I'm 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 across the board equal opportunity. No, I'll, that's not true. I'll, I'll, that's not true something. because you won't you won't say that. Uh, okay, what kind of film is Big Daddy with Big Adam Daddy. Sandler? Comedy. No, but like, what kind of film is it? Is it a manly film? Is it a womanly film? It's a manly film. No, it's not. Like, there's like three different women in it. Yeah, but I can still call it a manly film. Why? Because it's a big daddy. What? Because it's a big daddy. So? Man, daddy. Okay, so, but what? What kind of film? What kind of film? What kind of film is Spanglish? Uh, Spanglish, um, that's a mix. That's a a good mix of like man and, and, and womanly. I'm not trying to make this like some hot button like issue of like. I don't know you, why, but you're getting under my skin with this topic. I'm not. Uh, you are like literally like grading me right now. Like that doesn't make any kind of sense. I'm not Your to, face right now. I'm not. You try, are, mm. I'm not trying to make like some like social commentary of like what is a manly film, what is a womanly film. I'm just saying what I what I think is that it's not the end all be all. So you're talking about literally just like the sex of the casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about what kind of film is Moonlight? Moonlight's a very manly film. You think so? It's a gay manly film. Mm-hmm. It is a gay manly film. That's really what it is. Uh-huh. It's about ma- it's about men and their and Chiron specifically exploring his his uh 
Don't give it away. Don't don't give it away. I don't. That's the whole point. I don't. I don't understand. Like I don't know half the. They make it clear from the beginning. No, nothing. Not for me. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen the movie yet. But yes, what is your good looking out, Ricardo the Mexicano? Before I like get further enraged. (laughs) Easy. I'm telling you, folks. Um, (laughs) My good looking out is actually. The newest, uh, it's music related. It's the new Kevin Gates project, mm-hmm. uh, for generals only part two. Uh, actually, no, just for generals part two, because I think the first one was called uh, "Only Generals Will Understand." That was the first part, and that was the an EP. And this is actually an album, a very short album. It's only forty-one minutes. Um, I've always been a big Gates fan, but I kind of uh have been a little bit slow to check out his stuff recently. Ever since he kind of, like, got out of prison in 2019, I believe. Like, early 2019, he got out of prison. And uh, I haven't been keeping up with stuff as much as I did when I when I first discovered him, like, back in 2013. With, like, the, you know, By Any Means and Luca Brass's story. And all the uh, incredible mixtapes and projects he was dropping then. But I've always remained a fan. I've always, um, I like the way he speaks. I love his interviews. He's hilarious without even trying. Um, but he also has, like... He's got a crazy-ass backstory. He does, and he also has, like, things that I really agree with sometimes. Some of his action I don't really agree with, especially, you know, when he kicked that girl in the face. That kind of, like, sent him to... Yeah. He's done some things that, you know, I don't... Like I said, I don't don't condone. And that I think he was completely wrong for, and he, you know, should have... You know, I don't ever wish jail upon anybody, but when you commit actions like this, you can only see the road that it leads to. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that he's a free man. Glad that he's with his, his wife, Drika. Shout out to her. You know, shout out his uh, his sons and, and his daughter. I don't know if he has another kid. I know he had two. But, uh, you know, shout out to him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was into the project today and uh, I like it. It's very short, 12 tracks. Uh, the, the single. How long is the total runtime? 41 minutes. Very short. Oh, wow. That yeah. is very short. Yeah, you could burn through it like literally uh, super, super you quick. You could do a decent like two miler with that. Yeah. Two, three miler. So, uh, the single from the uh, from the album was "Plug uh, Plug Daughter mm-hmm. 2. Uh, that's a smash. Uh, the first three tracks: "Yes Lord," "Big Hitter," "Cartel Swag." Uh, yeah, those are my jams right there. I was going crazy listening to the car when I was going to get my Indian food earlier. I was going crazy playing it back to back, and uh, they were really really good uh, good uh, tracks. Um, the song the song "Big Stepper" that's probably the worst song on here. Cause that that hook on it is absolutely atrocious. I hate it. Uh, the fifth track is is, is literally she uh, the s word. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've been clean. You refuse to cuss on this podcast. I'm it's not gonna do it, man. I, you know, I. I, you I, know I that's, that's, it's, it's your boy. I'm really out here. Uh-huh. Um, and do the uh, and and I didn't expect this. I mean, Gates has always been like this. You know, when he like starts like getting very explicit with his like. Uh, sexual talk and like uh-huh. talking dirty, but like there was like two tracks back to back where he was talking about slanging D, like like it was nothing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Jesus, man! Like I didn't expect this hey, much on this. He's proud. I just, I, I, he's I just, proud of what he's packing. Like, I, like, like it's not just that. Like the stuff he was saying, I'm like, man. Like I, I don't think I need to like hear this much Gates back to back. Pause. Like, like it was a, it was a lot. Pause. Uh, <laughs> but even then, like. I enjoyed like a good seventy percent of this album. Hmm. Uh, like I said, Big Stepper that 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 song is terrible. Um, and then probably wishing, 
no, fairy tale. No, 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 no. Wishing in Morocco, I don't think was that good. The beat was cool, but I don't know. Puerto Rico Love was good. He he I think he uh I think I read an article where he said he recorded this album while in Puerto Rico because for those who don't know, Kevin Gates, I think, is he always talking about that he's Puerto Rican. And I think it's his dad or his mom is from I think his mom is from Puerto Rico. And he was out in Puerto Rico when he made this album. He said it was like a very uh re re uh rejuvenating experience mm-hmm. gave him a lot of inspiration he said that he uh was making music that he never made before and uh yeah some of these tracks kind of have like a little bit of different tone and uh, a little bit different uh swag when it comes to it uh so i mean like i said i like the project if you're a gates fan you'll you'll more than likely uh dig it i give it a good seven out of ten seven out of ten that's good that's good to know i will i might check it out of curiosity but more than likely not um i have a very i wouldn't say it's a love-hate relationship with gates usually you know me i love like the rappers with the guttural voices you know with the deep bassy voices like i am all there um it's my favorite part of any song uh when people come in you know jaw rule is secretly a dog you know like i love all of that um but with kevin gates there's always been something about him that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way um i don't know if it's like his past or like all of that different stuff so i will more than likely not be checking it out thankfully there's a whole lot of other projects out in the music scene that are out right now but i mean that's good to know i mean and i like the length of his album i feel like most albums definitely need to be shorter nowadays but yeah um but thanks for that yeah my favorite track on there was a cartel swag cartel swag i'm definitely about to listen to that before i go to bed tonight Gotcha. Uh, I'm so probably yeah, car- gonna grab some more cookies before I go to bed tonight. So yeah, cartel swag. Stop with the cookies. Uh, it's a good. T- it's a good time. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Uh, well, with that, uh, that about rounds us out uh, for another episode of In Living Spanglish. Thanks, you guys, for hanging out. We love ya. We love ya, and we out. Yep. Peace. Yep. Yep.